0: hey there demons it's us you girls welcome to the office goblin podcast i'm s and i'm d and we are goblins two goblins on the internet that have many thoughts interests and opinions about stuff and things today we are going to explore the fun the majestic the mysterious world of cryptids humanoids and all that good stuff yes yes The creepy, the crawly,
1: the sexy, who knows?
0: <laughs> you know what? We should probably do a, uh, a secondary list about um, the the tier rank of, like, sexiness among cryptids and humanoids.
1: Ooh. We could do that. Like, that's a trend now where people are doing
0: tier lists, like S tier to F tier or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And we can kind of create our own categories there.
1: It's like wood
0: bang on sight to <laughs> would have arrested. I don't know. Yeah, would in touch with a uh, 50-foot pole. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So today we are going to get into our top fives apiece, and then we hope you join us for part two in which we discuss our honorable mentions. Just because they didn't make the top five doesn't mean they are any less beautiful, any less of a <laughs> dazzling personality, <laughs> and probably any less of something we would want to avoid in real life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get into it. Dee, why don't you kick us off with your number five?
1: Okay. So I thought long and hard on my list here. And I felt like my number five had to be what got me into cryptids.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that dear listeners, is the beautiful, luxurious, silky smooth Loch
0: Ness monster. Tell us all about it.
1: (laughs) Okay, so the Loch Ness monster, also my Nessie, is a large marine creature believed by some to live in Loch Ness, Scotland. And I am terribly sorry if I'm pronouncing that in a very American way.
0: Very Midwestern way.
1: (laughs) That That is how I grew up saying it. So basically, there's a lot of theories on what Nessie could be. Is she a stick? Is she an ancient dinosaur that managed to live inside the Loch Ness past, you know, the meteor hitting? Most claims have been debunked. The lake has been swept with such intense sonar and nothing has ever been found, right? So it's it's a pretty well-known fact that Nessie doesn't exist. But the story... Uh-huh. is so just like, I don't know, it's one of those where it's like, it's your first, and so it means more to you than anything else. But yeah, that's, my heart will always have a little place in it for the Loch Ness monster.
0: You know what, I I think that's a great first choice to start off with. And like you, I think that was also kind of like my first introduction into the wacky world of mysterious monsters, of the cusp of whether they do exist, or have existed you know but like Mm -hmm. just the very essence and appeal of them right i also will say because when i think of nessie i think of that one iconic black and white photo oh yeah and (laughs) even nowadays when people catch alleged paranormal or supernatural activity Mm -hmm. with the phone cameras we have now with the functions that we have now why is it that all of a sudden it looks like pictures and videos are taken with a potato
1: I that is such a good point, and that's talked about on so many other like podcasts or paranormal investigations of
0: mm-hmm.
1: how is it that we can capture things in basically 4K on your standard issue cell phones, yeah? But to to actually get evidence of things that don't look like they're coming from a 80s CCTV camera is just. <laughs> mind boggling i and you know some people would probably argue that it's the paranormal messing with the waves in the air whatever like, there's got to be a point right where you either catch the damn thing physically mm-hmm. or in a video or on a photo like at the, right. at that point there's if it's going to be a real item it's going to show up otherwise it's just going to be like a mystical magical creature
0: Right, right. And, like, if if you have cameras that can capture your pores spewing sebum and your hair growing <laughs> in real time, <laughs> then there's no reason why, let's say, other mystical creatures, unlike ghosts, let's say, that don't, aren't typically known for interfering with electronics, mm-hmm. wouldn't be captured clearly.
1: Right. I mean, that's, like... There's so many different cryptids out there, you know. I don't want to ruin any that are on your list or my list, but mm-hmm. by this point, there should be some kind of photo evidence if they're not, in fact, magical or paranormal, right? You know, totally. So yeah, dear yeah. S, I have yes. regaled you with my number five.
0: Please <laughs> bless me with yours. So my number five is the skinwalker. Oh and i think that's one of those that has so much lore behind it because of indigenous americans right and skinwalkers not only are known as tricksters but there is that element of both the paranormal and the supernatural that mm-hmm. they could change time and create vortexes and but also interfere you know with electronics and wavelengths and experiment and um, mm-hmm. I think of, like, Skinwalker Ranch or, you know, stories like that mm-hmm. where cattle goes missing or people and they, you know, return in really weird states and lights. And is it a jackalope? Is it a coyote? You know, things like that. And that's why I think makes the Skinwalker such a terrifying yet fascinating creature mm-hmm. because it can appear as a human, as an animal, as something, you know, with none of those qualities. <laughs> I don't know, I would be very hard-pressed to be caught in, like, places like Arizona, you know, or New Mexico that have the lore and the mystique of the Skinwalker, or Utah.
1: Yeah, that one, that one, I I find the story fascinating. I am also terrified to talk about it, though, so you already have bigger balls than I do. <laughs> as, as... Two white women doing what white women do, just naming the creatures that roam the earth. Like, yeah, let's just let's totally. just talk about them, get
0: into it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with you. I've always been fascinated by that that background, that lore of that that uh, creature itself. Yeah, and- it's who must not be named. <laughs> <laughs> but. There are so many videos online of hearing screams Oof. outside and it's, it's weird how almost like a fact it is. And it's just accepted kind of in this, um, region where you just don't go outside. You know, that's when you lock the doors, you, you find shelter and you hunker down and hope it doesn't
0: find you. And like that right. is terrifying. I, I agree. Um, <laughs> You're going to hate this. Um, Back when I lived closer to the woods, I would go out on nighttime walks. And I don't know if it was like foxes or coyotes, but like there was the screaming. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to say, you know, because they sound very much like people screaming, like small children mm-hmm. screaming, but there's something off about it. So, you know, it's not human. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, in a weird way, that is terrifying because the intervals between them were not consistent. So you weren't sure if they were calling out to other foxes or coyotes in the area or, you know, what. But to find yourself in the forest and hearing that, you know, it's a it's an interesting experience to say the least.
1: Well, another creature that, that screams, you know, a lot of stories can also stem from real life scenarios of trying to teach people to be careful. Because sure. another a north american animal that screams like a fucking human a grown-ass human is a mountain lion true yeah those are terrifying listeners if you've never heard a mountain lion scream and you want to have nightmares tonight look that up because it is awful
0: yeah yeah i even um another uh member of the big cat family i think it's like a canadian lynx or something they mm-hmm. very much kind of have that husky-like scream. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, very, very similar to a mountain lion. So take your pick. It's a gamble, but <laughs> be mindful when you're out uh, traversing the woods at night like I am <laughs> or was. Yeah. Either your soul will be snatched or your body will be eaten. Just don't do it. <laughs> Um, well, Dee, why don't you lead us into number four?
1: Okay, so I I realized that my number five and number four are a theme, but the rest of these are not, so I'll just lead with that. Yeah, sure. My number four is the Oklahoma octopus.
0: I've never heard of this one, so tell me all about it.
1: So the Oklahoma octopus is a octopus-like creature that lives in Lake Thunderbird and Lake Tenkiller. And it's supposedly been responsible for many unexplainable drownings. Oof. So, basically, it's like a giant octopus that has been supposedly seen and drowned multiple people to eat them. I'm not a fan of that. <laughs> and it's, it's also based off of Native American lore. Um, it, it's a legend that is over 200 years old. Oh. And it's said that the creature is described as being the size
0: of a horse with reddish skin and long arms or tentacles. So, two things about that. There are giant squid, which have been found, and I don't think they've managed to find one that was alive. It was only, like, recently deceased or already, like, it, far into the decomposition process. But they can mm-hmm. grow between, like, 7 and 13 feet. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey listeners, it's Dee here, in post-production. I'm just jumping in, because I went ahead and looked it up, and the giant squid can get up to 43 feet, whereas giant or very large octopus can get up to 20 feet, just in case you ever wanted to go back into the ocean again. Continue on.
0: And most of the remains of these squid or octopus were found in Antarctica, like in those waters mm-hmm But yeah, they're out there. And think about like even the amount of the ocean that's unexplored. It's like what, over 80%?
1: It's like 85%. And what kills me is there are uh, people online that say, you know, that scientists are so eager to explore space when 85% of the ocean has not been, you know, fully f- discovered. Mm -hmm. What does that say about what's in the ocean? And I'm like, I don't (laughs) want to live on this planet
0: anymore. (laughs) Well, because it's like you see some of these things that wash up by accident or, you know, that already have been found, like the lanternfish or anglers and stuff. And it's like the deeper you get into the ocean, the scarier things become.
1: (laughs) Right. And it's like, that should be another part three is our favorite actual (laughs) animals that should be cryptids. Listeners,
0: (laughs) take note in
1: real time. (laughs) There is some terrifying shit in the ocean. But so these are these lakes are in northeast Oklahoma. And it's just the idea of of something living in a lake Mm -hmm. and you're just swimming along. You know, minding your own business, having a good time, and all of a sudden you feel something wrap around your
0: ankle and pull you down. I no, stop, stop, can't. <laughs> no, I think it's when you can't see through the water. There's always a terrifying element about it. Uh-huh. Much less like, you know, freshwater lakes in the areas that we live. They just tend to be covered with algae, moss, whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's already some slip to it. <laughs> You can't see through the water most often.
1: Well, that's the same here, because in these lakes, Oklahoma is known for its red dirt.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that that was a thing.
1: Uh-huh. And so a lot of these lakes already look red or orange if the Blood. water is stirred up. <laughs> because it's <laughs> it's either, you know, so that's like one of the ideas of this creature being red. Is it just covered in the mud or is it actually red in color? And I... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, smart. Or is it like flamingos that eat like krill and shrimp and get that color that by killing people and sucking their blood, it turns red? I was just like, are you, are you suggesting that because it eats people, that's why it's red? It Maybe. I mean, like the fact that <laughs> there is such a thing as an Oklahoma octopus living in this like innocuous, seemingly just chill lake, <laughs> hanging out, lurking, waiting because if you uh, thought leeches were the worst things in fresh water. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> plot no. twist.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the Oklahoma octopus. I you will not catch me dead swimming in those lakes. I don't care if it's 120 degrees out, I will burn to death.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I I will say before we move on to number 4 in my list, like I was in the more northern states of the Midwest. Uh-huh. So, you know, it gets – it's tends to be colder there, and even the water, too. And I was chilling by some rocks, and they – the leeches were, like, literally at the further furthest most part of the rock that was still wet. So they would survive. But mm-hmm. they're, if they could – if they could walk on land, I'm telling you, these things would be, like, I want your blood. Uh, uh, yeah, that's how voracious these leeches were. And the water was, like, ice cold, and these things – are just little tanks they're like ticks they're like the ticks of the water mm, i don't like that yeah i'm not a fan but <laughs> i will say my number four yes i think over time this has been popular and so certainly in pop culture is uh, vampires Ooh, yes yeah because you know they could go from the the terrifying like um you think what is it count orlock or something okay. like that of Nosferatu. Mhm. Cuz that was very creepy version of a vampire to like <laughs> the more modern, elegant, sophisticated, even like like a sensual as- aspect to vampires, right? That right. you think of like um interview with a vampire into more modern day vampires that have adapted like the Twilight series, let's say. Yeah. But how eternal and everlasting these creatures are and even you have in certain countries in Europe, when bodies decompose because of the bacteria in the stomach, it causes blood to come up out of the mouth.
1: Oh! So in
0: some smaller villages, most of the time, they behead these corpses because they're afraid they're going to come back as vampires. Oh my god! Yes, so that's a thing. It's like that when fascinating. Dead, yeah, it's like when dead bodies let out a moan or move. Because oh, like, I hate tra- that. I've seen yeah. that happen. Right, yeah, trapped gases and bacteria. Ugh. It's very much the same with this blood that comes out. So it's like, which one came first? You know, what was the inspiration behind mm-hmm. vampires? Oh my goodness.
1: So I have a question about your vampires. Are you a fan of like your normal vampires drink blood to survive? Or mm-hmm. have you seen the vampire ideas that they take memories?
0: Oh, see, I've, I've never heard of the taking memories thing. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about that?
1: So it, it, it stems from a couple of things I've seen online, and one of them was, you know, your standard issue vampire is, like, this very pale, very thin, you know, blood mouth. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Not you. <laughs> but it's almost like this monstrous creature that automatically kind of instills fear in anyone who sees an image of it right yeah and most people have normal fears of heights or spiders you know but they Mm -hmm. don't have fears of your toaster or your phone which could also just as likely kill you if they explode right sure so what happened in humanity's history that made us automatically fear something
0: that looked like that you know what? That's a great question because there is this everlasting kind of fear of the dark, right? The the unknown mm-hmm. and the ghoulies that seemingly come out at those times of the day, right? Right. Because the night is more mysterious.
1: Right. And so then the other part was have you ever, you know, kind of had that feeling of you're not alone or you're being watched in your house, even though you know you're the only one there, and mm-hmm. you get up and you walk into another room to get something and you forget what you got up for.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, see, I, I just always <laughs> assume that, like, that's a anxiety-riddled brain.
1: <laughs> see? And that's that's just it. It could be anxiety or it could be a
0: vampire. I'm going to start blaming it on vampires. Then, like, oh, no, yeah, the vampire in my house clearly took my memories. <laughs> see? It works. It, it's a good, you know, excuse. But it's also kind of terrifying. Yeah, yeah, that is terrifying. I mean, I've heard of the things like uh, vampires can hypnotize people mm-hmm. um, or, you know, that they cast no reflection and things mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, oh man, that's, yeah, that's an interesting one. It's kind of like when people sneeze, it's mm-hmm. either someone is talking mad smack about you or someone's walked over your grave.
1: Ooh, see that I've always had attributed to like your shiver up your
0: spine is someone walked over your grave. Interesting, but where is my grave? Because i pl- I plan to be like um, water cremated. So
1: <laughs> for a second, it's like, where is my grave? I'm ready for it. I thought that's where you were going.
0: I was about to be like jumping to your defense of no, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, you don't know. You might have been talking to a ghost the whole time. Like I was Bruce Willis. <laughs> you were the little boy. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. I'm pale enough. <laughs> Oh my God. Like, I'm lost in thought enough <laughs> to be like oblivious of my surroundings.
1: <laughs> You're a vampire's thrall.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I have that at the top of my resume. Thanks so much. You're welcome. But why don't we move on to good old number three? So, D, what you got for us?
1: Yeah, so it's a number three for me, is one that I have kind of held a little close to my heart, you know, as a kid. And then it got stronger as I got older. And that's the Japanese folklore of the kitsune.
0: Yes, yes. This is a great one. So get into it.
1: So kitsune is basically, it's one, it's the Japanese word for foxes. Um, but the folklore specifically are foxes that possess paranormal abilities that increase as they get older and wiser. Okay. And... It says, so I'm also reading from a website, so I get everything right here, people. According to Yokai Folklore, all foxes have the ability to shapeshift into human form. While some folktales speak of Kitsune employing this ability to trick others, as foxes in folklore often do, other Mm -hmm. stories portray them as faithful guardians, friends, and lovers. Interesting. And so, this (laughs) is going to sound ridiculous, but... What got me into learning about Kitsune and having them be one of my favorites of all time was the Pokemon Nine Tails. Yes, badass. <laughs> and ever since I found out what it was, you know, representative, you mm-hmm. know, this fox with nine tails, and that's another story that falls under the Kitsune folklore, I've just, mm-hmm. I've loved them ever since. Also, foxes are so pretty and fun and, I don't know. I don't see them as like the bad, sly, trickster creatures.
0: I see them as very intelligent, yeah, almost fae-like. Definitely, definitely fae vibes. And that's interesting across time and place, whether it be Asia or even here in North America, like indigenous Americans, sometimes you have like, let's say with a skinwalker, it could transform into a fox, it could transform into something else. Mm-hmm. But with the kitsune, is it that it gets more tails the older it gets, or is that just an immediate incarnation that it has the multiple tails at nine, and why is it that number?
1: So it's, it's saying, and granted, this is on Wikipedia, but Wikipedia is actually a pretty good website to get some of your information, right? Yes. So the full etymology is unknown. The Interesting. oldest known usage of the word is in the text, shinyaku kegon, kegonko ongishiki? Dating to 794. Wow. So this is a very, very old story. hmm It says the oldest relationship between Japanese people and fox dates back to the Jomon period necklace made by piercing the canine teeth and jawbone of the fox. hmm So, yeah. I don't know everything about it, and even the story itself doesn't know everything about
0: it, where it comes from, but it's fascinating to me. Yeah, the fact that it is that old and there are certain aspects that are still shrouded in this uncertainty, I think that kind of also lends to the the creepiness and the intrigue that it still continues to hold over contemporary society. Yeah,
1: so yeah, that's my favorite. That's my that's well, it's not my favorite favorite, but it is my number three. It's very high on the list.
0: Yeah, very solid place, I think. My number three. I think we can go over pretty quickly since um, this was something that you had mentioned before. But good old Nessie. Yes. Yeah. I'm I don't so know.
1: glad that's on your list too.
0: Yeah, I I love me like what could be a modern day dinosaur. The fact that we have like birds and alligators, like any kind of reptile, is so representative of having modern day dinosaurs among us. But I like to think there's something fun like Nessie lurking in the waters. <laughs>
1: Listen, if we can have 14-foot-long crocodiles, or alligators, I guess that's the one I'm looking for here, because two different animals. Yes, yeah,
0: two different ones.
1: (laughs) If we can have 14-foot-long alligators, and you're telling me that nothing that giant can live in Loch Ness, then we're going to fight, because that is false information.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm also joining you in that back alley fight against anyone who dares (laughs) badmouth Nessie. (laughs)
1: oh my god so what was there like a specific moment or anything
0: that got you into Nessie or well definitely the first cryptid I found out about as a child uh-huh. Um, and I don't know I like to think like is this a gentle creature is it like fierce and ferocious when it needs to be but <laughs> again the fact that I don't know that even like Pokemon I think of like a Lapras <laughs> yes yeah like so gentle and sweet I'm just like yes modern day Lapras <laughs>
1: I just, when you said, is it a gentle creature? All I could think of, is she freewilling it out here? Like, <laughs> no, Willie, I'll save you. Like, that's all I could think of.
0: I wish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love also that Pokemon has played such a role for both of us in
0: our greatest. Listen, the, the cornerstone of both our childhood and adulthood, and it, like, until I die, Pokemon will always be relevant. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> we stand. Um, number two, D. What you have?
1: Okay, so I I have to do a small shout out to another podcast called Red Web for my love of this next cryptid. <laughs> uh huh. And anyone who listens to Red Web probably has an idea of what I'm about to say. My number two is the squonk.
0: The squonk is it like Kronk? Where's new group? The
1: squonk is a folklore creature who lives in the forest, the Hemlock Forest of Northern Pennsylvania. (laughs) The legend holds that the creature's skin is ill-fitting, being covered with warts, and because it is ashamed of its appearance, it hides from plain sight and spends most of its time weeping.
0: Yo, that is the saddest thing I've ever heard.
1: Hunters who have tried catching squonks have come to found, have found out the creature is capable of dissolving into a puddle of tears. (laughs) Girl, (laughs) says a man named JP went. Wintling is supposed to have coaxed the creature into a bag of which when he carried it home, it suddenly lightened. Upon further investigation, he found that all that remained was the
0: liquid remains of the sad animal. But does it like reform or like it just dissolve and that's how it (laughs) dies or?
1: So basically, they're these little gremlin creatures that... They look like a work-covered hairless pug if I were to describe it.
0: I love it already.
1: <laughs> See, this is why it's number 2. <laughs> and the reason, like it- <laughs> so because it's self-aware, if it catches its sight like of itself in its reflection, it will dissolve into tears.
0: <laughs> and my and if- heart goes out to squonks everywhere. <laughs>
1: Like, it's so relatable because if I am too stressed out about something and feeling cornered, I, too, will dissolve into tears.
0: Oh, no. Don't say such things. (laughs) I, You know what? I love these random ass things that it's like Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Delaware, you know, like.
1: I am. See, it's like my dream or my goal in life is to help Americans come to the fact that we also have cool cryptids here.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. we
1: don't have to rely on England anymore for the fairies and for, you know, werewolves and all this other stuff. Like, no, we have special creatures that we should hold close to our heart right in our backyard.
0: We need like a self-esteem building workshops specifically geared towards squonks. <laughs> be like don't let the mirror be the bad guy <laughs> love yourself
1: but no i they brought that up they that that web that podcast uh-huh. had a episode dedicated to local cryptids and i don't remember if they talked about the oklahoma octopus but they talked a lot about squonk squonk <laughs> And it just, ever since then, it's almost become its own little icon on the
0: internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get that squonk awareness out there. I appreciate that.
1: But yeah, it's just, it's fascinating to me because most of these stories are 200 plus years old. These aren't, like, online created cryptids. These are not, granted, they're not from, like, BC times as some of the right. old, you know, stories are. Yeah, yeah. But it's very clearly these have been around since America was landed upon. Like, uh-huh. And that just makes me happy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. I, I just feel so bad for them. They're like little wailing, sad little baby things that you need to comfort. You, you should absolutely, when we're done, Google
1: a picture. And- Listeners, I will do my best to remember to post a picture on our Tumblr, because they're just so pathetic, and I love them at the same
0: time. Yeah, hashtag relatable. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number two is the Kappa. So this is like a little humanoid creature about the size of a child. Okay. It exists in Japanese mythology. They oh. love cucumbers, and they engage in sumo wrestling. And if that doesn't make you love them, then I don't know what will.
1: So wait, they're just like mini humanoid beings that sumo wrestle? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah. I gotta Google this. I gotta look this up.
0: Right. And they could be, they could range their behavioral spectrum ranges anywhere from just like little tricksters, mischievous creatures to like full-blown criminals. Like, you know, looking up ladies' kimonos, right? Or drowning, oh. kidnapping Eating people. This looks like a cross between a monkey and a frog. Yeah, they're very interesting, and they what they have a little turtle shell. They have a beak, and they have webbed hands and feet. Huh. And there's an interesting way to defeat the kappa if it is a malevolent one, because they have this like almost little indent of sloshing water at the top of their head. Uh huh. So, you know, in Japanese culture back then and through current times about bowing and depending on the status and everything, you know, how low you bow. Uh Uh-huh. And so if you bow out of politeness to the creature, then it must reciprocate the bow, correct? And the water will leave the head. So... Until the water is refilled, it may become a friend or maybe even a servant to the person who does that to the kappa. Huh. Or you can just wrestle, you know, or engage in <laughs> sumo uh, sport. But I think they're delightful. I think that they can be friends with people and that they love cucumbers. I'm just like, there's so many things to love about these little guys. So wait, how did you find out about the kappa? So years ago when I was a kid, um, this was... Uh, like, between 2003-2005, th- I found this book about, like, Japanese yokai and things like that. And one of the little featured creatures was the kappa. Huh. And I just thought it was so cute, so charming. I mean, I love turtles, I love reptiles, all that stuff. <laughs> um, all all the, the children of nature. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So I was just like, these these little kappa guys are all right. <laughs>
1: That is the sweetest fucking thing.
0: Yeah, so they're often, like, featured with, like, holding a cucumber, and I, I just think they're so sweet.
1: I wonder where the cucumber came into play, because normally, isn't it, like, you know, the fruits that are for Japanese creatures
0: are, like, leche or something, or lychee? Yeah, yeah, and it's so interesting, because, again, according to the gods at wik- um, Wikipedia, The folk belief is that their favorite traditional meal is the cucumber. And at festivals, people are more likely to offer cucumber, others like Japanese eggplant or aubergine, soba, which is a type of buckwheat noodle, Mm -hmm. kabocha, so it's a type of Japanese pumpkin. And in old Tokyo or Ito, there was the tradition that people would write the names of their family members on cucumbers and then put them into streams to kind of uh, appease or mollify the kappa and prevent any harm to coming to family members when they went to bodies of water Hmm. or eating cucumbers as a sign of protection when it's swimming. So I I just think there is, yeah, a lot of roots there, which is interesting, you know, because we we talked about extensively how foods are tied to tradition, bringing people together, but the fact that it is, you know, something of nature... And some people say like, yes, this is another living thing as it comes from the earth. And it's just a good snack. It's crunchy. It's green, you know, fresh.
1: I do love a good cucumber. I, yeah. I'm i the kid that we used to grow them in our backyard and we'd bring them oh. in during the summer and cut them up and sprinkle salt on them and just eat them plain. Like, Yes, absolutely. Almost this like simplest. holding it like a pickle and just take a chunk and then sprinkle some salt and start eating. Like that was six-year-old D would run around with cucumber. <laughs> like that would be my snack. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I I love that because it turns into my second favorite food, which is a pickle, which is great. Oh yes, but not only that. Yeah, just like the crunch, the satisfying crunch. I love and that. you know the simplest preparation of food is often the best kind. So salt and pepper goes a long way. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. But much anticipated number <laughs> one spot.
1: Okay, so I told S before that my number one spot is the most basic bitch answer I probably could give. And I don't care. It is dragons. Hell yeah. Dragons have been my favorite cryptid since conception. I swear to God, (laughs) I have always loved dragons. I've loved all the different types, drakes, you know, wyvern, normal dragons, everything. I've loved them all. I used to be the kid that would sit in the library with that like one world book or world book just of pictures of information of dragons for no goddamn
0: reason. I think it's really important information.
1: <laughs> I think what really solidified it for me was I as a kid was a huge animal planet person. Mhm. I watched it noon tonight. I, at one point in high school, this is a bit of an aside, but just to put into perspective, right, I went to the local, one of the local colleges, like, my biology class went to take a biology quiz. Like, it was a quiz bowl for for high school students, right? Mm -hmm. And there were other options. And so the teacher asked, are there any other tests people want to sign up for? And I said, I'll sign up for the zoology test for shits and giggles. Mm -hmm. Motherfucker, I placed... (laughs) <laughs> I placed eight rank <laughs> out of like a hundred people who took this quiz. I did not study.
0: <laughs> that is so baller.
1: But so I watched animal planet and if anyone out there can remember this, it was the early two thousands and they had a special where they found, and I put big air quotes around this, a fossilized, mother dragon and her baby in a cave in like eastern europe right mhm and so it's almost this hour or 2 hour long special that they you know find these frozen creatures and they're trying to you know dig them out and like do scientific research on it and see where they came from and what like their diets were and so it was, I think, supposed to be educational, kind of on archaeology. Mm-hmm. But then they just had to make it about dragons and seven-year-old D thought it was real. It, cause it is, duh. <laughs> and so I, like, on top of that, I'm also a Harry Potter kid. Like, I grew, I grew up reading Harry Potter and there are dragons in there. And so just, it was, steeped my my entire formative years were steeped with dragons
0: <laughs> steeped in dragons
1: and i've loved them ever since
0: now did you like programming like uh dragon Tales when you were really little too i did i did used to watch dragon Tales. i i think that was such a good show i loved zach and wheezy because they were the only two headed dragon yeah and you know such a nice color combo of purple and green <laughs>
1: See, and also when How to Train Your Dragons came out, like, the the first movie, I was hooked. I've been hooked ever since. That was, like, the last good movie I feel like I've watched. It's probably not, but, you know. <laughs> it's, it's up there. It's up there, it's, top five. It's up there. And I was, I think, either in high school or I had just graduated high school when that movie came out.
0: <laughs> Listen, I think that's one of those things that it's good for – any time, any age, because even in mythology, right? Like all across the world, you have stories about dragons. I can tell you I have European roots, and one of the stories that I grew up with was a dragon that lived under a mountain, and about a boy, a simple peasant boy who was tasked with getting rid of the dragon by putting dynamite in sheep because the dragon was eating like you know oh. all the cattle and things like that, and it was becoming a huge problem. And this peasant boy left this dynamite-filled sheep, and the dragon ate it, right? Uh And smoke became uh, started coming out of its belly and whatnot. And the dragon didn't know what was happening, so it went to the nearby body of water and was drinking, 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 and it couldn't, you know, stop what was going on in its body. So what ended up happening was that the dragon drank so much water that it drowned. And in other stories, it blew up, but... You know, so this was like a meddlesome dragon, but then you have like in the East, like in the Asian tradition, where dragons signify fortune, good luck, that they're Mm -hmm. uh, wise creatures. Yeah. So I think that's so cool that you have the whole spectrum there of dragons, and they just look so freaking cool.
1: Right? I, j- and there's so many different kinds. Like I, like I listed, you know, drakes are dragons that don't have wings. Dragons are the ones that are what you think of, right? They have the wings, the four legs all on two. Yeah. Wyvern are goddamn terrifying because they are basically giant snakes. <laughs> hey there, listeners. It's Dee again, and I'm here to correct myself. I did not mean wyvern. I meant worm. And um, unfortunately, my dragon knowledge has lacked over the years. A wyvern, however, is a dragon with wings and only two legs. Fun fact for the day. Carry on.
0: Oh, badass, like a basilisk kind of thing?
1: Yeah. That's, uh-huh. It's a type of dragon. And it's, so it's, there's a little bit of something for
0: everybody. Like the dragon pie is very large and has multiple flavors. <laughs> As it should, and another (laughs) tie into Pokemon, we have Charizard, who's a dragon. And then from the legless dragons all the way to, you know, full limb, four limb dragon, we have Mm -hmm. like Dratini, Dragonair, and Dragonite. Yep. So if Pokemon says it's good, it must be good. See, we live and die by the Pokedex. Ain't that the (laughs) goddamn truth?
1: All right, dear S, what is your number one on the list?
0: Okay, so it may be argued that mine is very basic as well, but aside from John D- Denver telling me West Virginia is a great place, the Mothman. <laughs>
1: yes, I honestly was going to put Mothman as one of my honorable mentions, so please tell me all about it.
0: So I love Mothman for many reasons. Is it a moth? Is it a man? Is it both? (laughs) We won't know. And the story goes is that Mothman only appears right before tragedy strikes. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, he interferes with like electric waves and this and that. But he's very much a humanoid, large, you know, these rare sightings. And there have been multiple reports, which Mm -hmm. is so fascinating. But I... I just love me some Mothman. I love bugs, but and I love butterflies, but I'm especially a big fan of moths. I, I think moths are so underappreciated. Oh, so absolutely. Fact, yeah, the fact that we have a creature such as Mothman is just super dope, in my opinion. I don't know any other etymology behind it. Other than that, it's like a very surface-level basic knowledge, but I love Mothman. I'm just obsessed.
1: So I I had to Google it so I could get the the location correct but so in west virginia it's point pleasant is the town that mothman was first found and the town has embraced their local cryptid to levels that i feel every local cryptid should be embraced they have a statue in the middle of town have you seen the mothman statue
0: so i know that he has a really nice rump
1: i was about to say this this statue is double-cheeked up
0: on a Thursday afternoon. It yes. is <laughs> like cantaloupe-level firm peach ass cheeks with a six-pack.
1: And I think he first was reported being seen in the 70s. Yes. And I want to say it was... The first one was like a car crash that happened. Mm-hmm. And then later... He was seen by multiple people, and a massive bridge in the area collapsed, like, with 20-plus cars on it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people died. The, a lot of people were hospitalized. Like, it was a massive... Tragedy. Yeah, tragedy. I don't know why my brain blanked on the word. But, yeah, it was... a uh, Catastrophe was the word I was trying to go for there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's even,
0: yeah, equally charged emotionally.
1: But, yeah, it was this you know just this massive bridge that went over a gully and it collapsed after i think it was a week of sightings and then he disappeared again and so it's i don't i (laughs) like the idea of you've got this double-cheeked up buff right he's a beefcake (laughs) beefcake human body with like these Soft feelers coming out the top of the head and these big wings. I'm just like, are you supposed to be
0: sexy or terrifying? Which, stay tuned for part three. (laughs) Can Mothman get it? The answer is yes, already.
1: It's like, I don't know if I should be scared or turned on, but I'm both.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I think, you know, we we talk about fear as having some level of arousal. That's why in movies you see people bang immediately after stressful situations. (laughs)
1: Oh my God. But yeah. Wait, so how did you find out about Mothman?
0: Oh God. You know what? That's a great question. I don't know when I found out about Mothman. It was years ago. And I know that a show that you and I both enjoyed, BuzzFeed Unsolved, they even did a whole episode devoted to Mothman and, you know, went to Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. And it very much reminded me of kind of the embrace of. Um, like, let's say, I think it's Sleeping Hollow, Illinois, or like Salem, Massachusetts, where, you know, they have like, the headless horsemen or the witches, and they really embrace that as a local kind of, not only touristy thing, but just as part of the history of the place. Mm -hmm. And I think what I also enjoy about the story of Mothman, particularly, you know, of that tragedy in the 70s, is that while it can be seen as a bad omen, I don't think Mothman necessarily is. Mm hmm. And I tried to sit down and watch this movie, The Mothman Prophecies, with Richard Gere and Deborah Messing. Okay. Who well, I always confuse with Julianne Moore. I don't know why. <laughs> and they talk about, you know, the wife has, you know, seeing this creature. And I think later Richard Gere's character does too, according to Wikipedia, because I, I just couldn't sit through it. <laughs> But yeah, you know, again, like in the movie, there was also the idea of that there is a tragedy coming. And I I don't know if it was also to do with car crashes and bridges, maybe, Um, but that the Mothman served as a warning and a kind of a precursor to that, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was something that only the wife could see up to a certain point in time. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. And they did find that she had some kind of, I think, malignant tumor on the brain So it wasn't apparent, like, is this, you know, as a result of the tumor? Is it, Mm. you know, because she actually saw this and Mothman was the only one, he selected her as the only one to see him, who knows? But, yeah, he's mysterious, sexy, (laughs) you know, tall, dark, and mysterious.
1: I feel like Mothman might be one of the only cryptids that is supposedly
0: helpful, I would say that there's other helpful cryptids like dragons, right? Cuz you know they That's can be true. very benevolent but at the same time they could, you know, wreak havoc. Yeah. Not not unlike a manticore or a sphinx, you know, where if you solve her riddle, she'll grant you safe passage, otherwise she will devour you to bits. <laughs> you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I do. I I do like Mothman. I think that they're super interesting. And I think you, I totally agree that part of the appeal is that it's a moth. Because moths to me can be so much more beautiful than butterflies. Gorgeous, gorgeous. My favorite is the Luna moth. You will catch these hands if you think any butterfly is more beautiful than the Luna moth.
0: A, A Luna moth is for listeners who don't have like a computer in front of them or have never seen one. It's... You think of the Lunesta commercials, (laughs) to put it simply, but I think that's a good point of reference. They're like, they have this beautiful, almost like holographic, um, glowing green color to them, this beautiful shade of green with these long Mm -hmm. tails at the end of their bottom wings. And, you know, you got to give it to moths. They're thick. They are thick. Oh, my goodness. And even the caterpillar form. Oh, is, for so many of them is just so cool. Like what they start out with and then what they become.
1: Oh, they're so fluffy and they're beautiful. And I just, yeah, moths are the way to go.
0: <laughs> I I would agree. Um, my favorite personally is the Saturnia pavonia, or uh, also known as the emperor moth. I get so excited oh, about moths because I don't talk yes. about them enough. Um, but it has what looks like eyes. On yeah. top of its wings, yeah. And, uh, you know, males and females, just like with animals and insects, that the males tend to be more brightly colored. Mm-hmm. But either way, like, the spectrum with the male and female emperor moths, gorgeous. My God, it's just a feast for the eyes. Yes. I, I simp hard for moths. Like, I get a little hard <laughs> when I think about moths. <laughs>
1: I think maybe we should stop while we're ahead then.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just kidding. No, I don't want to, like, have sex with a moth, but I think they're so cool. I think they're, like, truly just so underrated. So appreciate moths when you see them. Absolutely. Even
1: when they're annoyingly caught in your house and hitting their head against your lamps, just gently catch them and let them back outside. Let them be free. Anywho, do you have any final thoughts about your top five cryptids that need to be said to our beautiful listeners as
0: um no only that y'all should look into them if you haven't already and stay tuned for parts two and three in the (laughs) series because this is going to be a series i'm just deciding that now (laughs) oh my god we're gonna become the cryptid podcast (laughs) good (laughs) you gotta be the queen of something how about you (laughs) d any last words for the listeners i would just say that it would be in
1: everyone's best interest to look up your local cryptids you know you're gonna find some really (laughs) fun and interesting stories there and you know maybe it'll make living on this hell rock that we call a planet a little more bearable they're so fun
0: yeah uh sign a petition cryptid appreciation week in your area
1: that should be a national holiday is cryptid appreciation day
0: yeah send us an email hit us up on our tumblr maybe share a picture of your favorite cryptids we always love to hear from you yes oh my god that'd be amazing yes okay
1: well with that being said thank you everyone for listening if you have enjoyed it thus far leave a like a rating subscribe bookmark shout us out into the universe and send us to your friends tell them that we are awesome and worth listening to we greatly appreciate all that you do for us and until next week Stay alive, friends.
0: Take care, everyone.